and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. My name is Mike Householder. I am your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Langfall. Hello, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I know you're excited because we're going to talk football. Exactly. On this episode. I'm ready. Your favorite thing? Yep. Uh, on, on your list of favorite things, where does football go? You know, I appreciate that it's fun and other people do it or pay attention to it more than I do, but I don't often. However, I'm excited about this. And I think I have other things in common as well. Exactly. And that's just the point. And so even though we're going to be talking to some football players today uh, and really, really good ones, it doesn't mean you have to totally be into football to get anything out of this. Right. Because there are some things that are bigger right. uh, than sports. Believe it or not, there are. It's mm-hmm. as cool and as fun as sports mm-hmm. are. So would you introduce our guests, please? Yeah. Well, with us, we have Danny Householder, campus pastor at Hope Ames that has our Kairos ministry. Uh, next to him, we have Chase Allen, all Big 12 tight end for the Iowa State Cyclones, Cy Chase. And on the bottom of our screen, we have Kyle Kemp, a quarterback's coach for the Cyclones. Welcome, everyone. Yes. Welcome. Welcome, Kyle. Welcome, Chase. Welcome, Danny. Danny, I know really well. Yeah. Uh, Kyle and Chase, I'm I'm really glad to have on as guests today, too. Uh, we have, don't we have some kind of an, it's Super Bowl week. Yes. So football's in the air, yeah. right? And uh, while there is certainly a difference between D1 football, uh, like Chase and Kyle are involved in, and the NFL, uh, one thing sometimes leads to another, and it is a week where football's on people's minds. So, Even mine. So who who you who you got, Emily, in the Super Bowl this weekend? Well, Do you know who's? I, I should. That's even a ask good that. question. Do you want I me know. to tell you who's playing? Go for it. Okay. Do you know? I don't mean to assume that you don't. I do. I am rooting for the Chiefs because I've actually been to a Chiefs game. You have? In person years ago, I did, and it was a great experience. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. great. That's great. Uh, maybe we should ask those guys. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Can you say who you're cheering for? Or do you need to stay neutral? I don't know. Danny, I know who Danny's cheering for. Let's start with him. Go for it. I'm cheering for a player by the name of Tom Brady. It's a, I, I'm an unashamed TB12 fan for life. I would call I mean, him. he's been a player my whole life, so why not? Since since I'm Danny's dad, I will add this. It's more than just being a fan. I'd say it's a full-blown man crush. It's a it's like a <laughs> it's like Danny an obsession. Or for all of the householders. It's Danny and his brother John. Okay. Both are just if I don't understand it because they didn't get that from me. I didn't pass that along. Okay. The Tom Brady thing. And I think he's great. I'm pretty impressed with him. <laughs> but uh, mostly I just hear about it from my sons all the time. So how about you guys? Chase, who you, who you got this weekend? Uh, I, I never really watched a bunch of NFL growing up. I was always more the college guy, but yeah. being from Missouri, I got to go with the Chiefs. Oh, there you go. yeah. yeah the, the home connection, right? What part of Missouri did you yes. grow up in, Chase? Nixa, which is down in the Ozarks. It is right outside of Springfield, Missouri. Ooh, Now you're speaking pretty. my language. Yeah, you spent time down there. Yeah. Right, your family on your husband's side yes. has a place down there. We go right? there frequently. It's yeah. a good place. Cool, small world. Yeah. Kyle, how about Very you? Very good. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. It has always been since I was a kid. So I got to go with the Bucks. Um, it's pretty hard to root against them, though. Too. I like Patrick Mahomes. So I like the Chiefs as well. But if we're gonna go favorite quarterback. It's got to be Tom Brady. That's sure. awesome. So Kyle played quarterback at Iowa State. He's now the quarterback's coach at Iowa State. And so it's interesting to me, he jumps right into the quarterbacks. I mean, that's the way mm-hmm. you see it. Uh, mm-hmm. That was Is Tom Brady your favorite quarterback growing up, or did you have others that you cheered for more? He was. Uh, he's a favorite I've had probably because the style of play I had probably replicated what he did too. Um, mm-hmm. 
so I'd say he's he's been the favorite since day one. Um, you know, I like Peyton Manning growing up too. Big Aaron Rodgers fan as well. Um, a lot of those guys nowadays are a lot more athletic than probably what I was able to do when I was in college. So I think I like the guys are a little more similar to what my playing style was, as Chase would probably agree with. I think that's interesting. Uh, and I think you're selling yourself a little bit short as far as your athletic ability. It certainly goes beyond mine uh, for sure. Uh, Kyle, uh, tell us, you played at Iowa State what years? 2016 to 2018. So I went to Oregon State University out of high school, went to a junior college, and then I was on the team from 16 to 18. And then this is my third year going on the staff. I was a quality control in 2019 and I'm a graduate assistant. So I work with the quarterbacks and kind of the rest of the offensive skill players mm-hmm. right now in my current role. Excellent. That's yeah. awesome. So you, so once you came to Ames since then you've stayed in Ames either as a player or on the coaching staff. Yeah, this is the second longest I've stayed in one spot. Um, I <laughs> moved around a bunch as a kid on the West coast and the Midwest. So okay. this is my fifth year now in Ames. So Chase grew up in Missouri down near the Ozarks if you went to Oregon State and you say West Coast, where did you grow up? I grew up in Oregon, grew up in Beaverton, grew up in Hawaii for a bit, and I was born in the state of Washington. Wow. And I lived in Ohio, and we actually live now in Nixa, about probably 10, 15 minutes from where Chase uh, lived. Oh, You've got to wow. be kidding me. So you, world. your families yeah. ended up living that close to each other, even though you're from the West Coast, and Chase, you're originally from here, and I know you're probably had some years in Cedar Falls too. And, and wow, crazy how that works. And small yeah. world, all, when I grew up, I was born in Idaho and uh, my grandparents lived in Seattle and Tacoma and my aunt uh, lived in Portland, which is near Beaverton and, and Salem now. And so mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time out um, in the part of the world where you grew up, Kyle. That's very cool. That's cool. That's cool for Kyle and me, maybe. Yeah. And that's <laughs> it. But, you know. It's just, it's a small world. We do have listeners from Oregon. Yeah. We know this. So yeah. they're going to be really charged up to hear about this. And, and Missouri, too. But, you know, that's yes. kind of fun. So this weekend, you are rooting for Tom Brady? Um, You know, I, I, I love the Chiefs because my parents lived there for a while uh, in Kansas City. And uh, love is too strong a word. I don't love any team except the Bears, And mm-hmm. honestly. And the Chiefs are fun to watch though Mahomes is fun to watch and probably because my sons are such fans of Tom Brady I wouldn't be sad to see him win again sure. I, I might be the only human who besides him and his family who feels that way but uh and fans of his but I don't understand the hatred yeah. or, or the like I wonder if it's just people can't stand people it's, being successful uh-huh. or something and yeah strong jealousy. feelings yeah yes. it's it's crazy so if that's your issue we'll do a whole episode on jealousy <laughs> but that's another day uh, and we'll go to that. Chase, uh, you are a current Cyclone. And when is it that you started on the team? Correct. So I graduated high school in 2016, and I've been here ever since. So mm. I redshirted my first season, which was Campbell's first year here. And I've been uh, playing ever since. It's been a long time. Wow. And uh, maybe a lesser known fact, you did not start as a tight end at Iowa State, did you? It was on the defense? No, I, I was a tight end. Oh, but. I thought for sure you were starting as a linebacker. Where did I hear that? Where did, I must be confusing you with... <laughs> Are you thinking of Joel Lanning? Yeah, maybe. Or uh, maybe I'm confusing you with Danny, because Danny was a D1 linebacker for uh, <laughs> Iowa State. For He's got the build for it. You can just see it. Yeah. Yeah. Marathon runner yes. slash linebacker. What's that, Chase? 
I said he's fast. Yeah, yeah. He's, he he's fast <laughs> if he gets to run 26 miles. Yeah, then, <laughs> then it's pretty fast. But it takes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a lot of money on him in a sprint. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. It's just too fun. Uh, but the there, truth. Go ahead, Danny. It, it's the truth. You're not lying. It's the truth. <laughs> but there are very few people who can run a marathon like you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of fun to watch too. Yeah, and we'll, we really will have an episode someday where we talk about endurance and how that mm-hmm. relates to faith and marathons and all those things. So mm-hmm. another, another day. Yeah. So we've already covered the first two minute drill question. I realized yeah, that well, that's <laughs> we okay. talked about their story. So let's, let's jump ahead to the second okay. two minute drill question, but let's start a two minute drill guys. Let's put that one on. Well, our first question had been, how did you end up playing football at Iowa State? So now that we have a little bit of ground covered, though, our second question is, what's the best part about playing for the Cyclones? Chase, let's start with with you. Uh, Great question. I think for me, being a Cyclone fan growing up, my dad used to coach here in Ames, and I went to Mm -hmm. school here when I was like from kindergarten to third grade. So I was a really big Cyclone fan then, and I always felt a big sense of pride. You know, we had some good teams back then. They went to some bowl games. So whenever I got to the end of my high school career and I got the opportunity to go represent for the school that I always loved, that really uh, being able to play for university I care about, that's my favorite part. That's very cool. That's really awesome. And your dad still coaches, doesn't he, Chase? He is recently retired. He finished up his coaching career at Missouri State down in Springfield. Okay. But now he's still very involved with football. He's a head football coach for a long time. Wow, that's really cool. And so from Ames, he went to UNI, didn't he? Or was there a stop somewhere along the way between Ames and UNI? So he started at UNI. That's it. And he was a player. He played quarterback there. And then he was kind of like Kyle's position. He was a GA. And then he worked his way up to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. And my sister was born there. Then he took the head coaching job at Kansas. That's where me and my little brother were born. Went to Ames and then finished up down at Missouri State in Springfield. That's it. Very cool. So you were aware of the Cyclones and probably spent a few days as a kid on the sidelines, you know, once in a while hanging out there. On the sidelines, in the stands, on the hill. I was a crazy (laughs) little Cyclone fanatic. Dreaming the dream. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? Ooh, I would say the best part about playing for the Cyclones, honestly, is being with you know the guys in the team. I didn't grow up an Iowa State fan. I didn't know what Iowa State was until I came here. But once I got here and I really understood how much people care about this place, yeah, it was so cool to just be in a fan base that man, you know, maybe a lot of success hasn't come here, but they still care about their team. And then being with a group of guys that all they care about is football. So. Personally, for me, that's my favorite part is just the people that are associated with this program. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to hear that, you know, it, from the outside, it might seem more like, oh, it's the it's the spectacle of it or, or whatever. But underneath it, it's people and it's relationships and it's mm-hmm. connections. And that's a big leap of faith for you, Kyle, coming from from uh, the West Coast, uh, growing up there and suddenly you're in the Midwest and welcome to weather and winters and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. But I'm really glad you did. I'm really glad that uh, you made that move. And that, I think you're too humble to say it. So I'm going to actually throw this over to Danny um, because I know Danny knows the story well. Um, Kyle's a big part of the transformation of Iowa State football 
from uh, a, a program that was up and down and would struggle to win a lot of games to something else. So Danny, tell us a little bit about Kyle's role in that. Yeah, so I'm I'm a Cyclones fan. So yes, I feel like are. I've got this great job where I get to, you know, not only get to know uh, these awesome people, but it's cool to see them do their stuff on the field and everything. And um, so just being able to see both of these guys perform on the field has been awesome. Um, Kyle really um, uh, and Chase, they both really just had this huge part in the transformation of Iowa State football. Um, and as a fan, you know, you always cheered for the team. Um, and, and, you know, you, you always had some optimism about what was coming, but it was kind of when these guys started showing up that you saw some real transformation, you know, they followed the leadership that everybody talks about with coach Campbell, which I think is very exciting. Um, but everybody talks about October 7th, 2017, you know, Kyle gets his first start and, you know, I think Kyle just, uh, had a lot of inspiration for people, um, because he's got this story of endurance and perseverance going from multiple schools, um, to finally getting his opportunity and just, uh, yeah, just showing out and, um, and, uh, and stepping up to the plate. Um, and, uh, you know, we had an interview in our sermon this last weekend, um, with, uh, Chase and Kyle, and you can catch that interview on our, we'll put a uh, link to that too. We'll put a link to that too, in this podcast description so people can find that. Yeah. And, and Chase said in that interview, he said, you know, that was the day that Kyle Kemp wrote his name in Iowa state's history books. (laughs) And that's true. You know, and so um, Kyle, Kyle really uh, became this, this hero here in Ames. But the cool thing is, is Kyle's such a down to earth guy. And so is Chase. Uh, you can have a conversation with either of these guys about football, but you can also have a conversation with these guys about what they had for breakfast. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just down to earth, um, you know, uh, just, yeah, really humble guys. And that's been really exciting to see. So yeah, they're, they're heroes and that's really exciting. And to see what they did in transforming this program is super cool. Um, but also what's just really cool is just knowing that, you know, they're real people, um, and they're, they're, they don't see themselves as too good for anybody. So, um, that's just been a really blessed, a really big blessing to uh, be able to get to know them. Thanks, Danny. Scrambled eggs. That's I was going to say next yeah. question. Uh-huh. What'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's get to something a little deeper actually. And, and now I, you talk about transformation. Let's make a transformation from, talking about football for the sake of the game mm-hmm. and all the difference that makes. And again, that link is there. I, the interview, Danny and Chase and Kyle, that you guys did that became a part of the sermon this last weekend was just just really good uh, on so many levels, mm-hmm. most of all because it pointed us to what really matters, uh, which underneath it all yeah. is our walk with Jesus Christ. And I want to move toward that part of the conversation now because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And Football is the background for this conversation today, but it isn't the main thing. It isn't the spotlight issue. Um, it's it's a it's an awesome thing. You know, in that video, what was really fun to see, and so I feel this connection too um, to Iowa State football, mostly because of Alan Lazard. Alan grew mm-hmm. up in this church. Um, his mom was on our production team, yeah. which helps put these things together. Um, and uh, so we saw him as a little kid running the hallways mm-hmm. of this building. Um, he was always very fast mm-hmm. um, and um, athletic and all that. He ran cameras here. He did, you know, the whole deal as a volunteer. Um, and to see him be a part of the transformation of, of the Iowa State football program, too, I know that that means a lot to him. Mm-hmm. And so in the, in the linked video that you can see from this podcast, the interview of Chase and Kyle, there's a couple of shots where Kyle's quarterback in those games and in fact one particular pass that sort of started to transfer Iowa State's fortunes was from Kyle to Allen 
Um, and, you know, so just a subtle little thing underneath from, from a guy who's a part of our ministries up in Ames now to a guy who's part of our ministries um, and is now a Green Bay Packer. I, I'm going to get through <laughs> that. Uh, but I love him. He, I, I, I love one Green Bay Packer. There you go. And that's it. Well, I love them all. I don't like any of the rest of them. Um, but that's just a Bears thing. I'll get over it. Um, but I just love the way God weaves our stories together. Uh, I had no idea, Kyle, you're from out west, uh, you know, in the same kinds of places I used to visit as a kid. Mm-hmm. Chase, you and Kyle have parents who live close to each other now in Missouri. Go figure the odds on something like that. I believe God writes our stories. I believe God is the author of these things. And it's no accident that the five of us are having this conversation today, mm-hmm. um, that we're here. I do believe God's in these things. And when you realize that God's in these things, it starts to help in every aspect of life, not just the mountaintops, but the valleys. So the next question kind of gets to those valleys as to what difference does faith make when football isn't doing it or life isn't doing it for, for our listeners and people who are up against it today? Uh, what, let's, let's ask that question, the third one in the two-minute drill. Yeah. Where do you turn for support in challenging times? Kyle, let's start with you. Yeah, so for me, you know, the biggest thing is I grew up going to church. My family kind of started me in that, you know, in that whole process. And then once I got into high school, you know, I kind of fell away from my faith a bit and did a bit in college too. Um, like I said before, I went to Oregon State. I didn't play there. I went to JUCO. I didn't play there either. So from a, you know, personal confidence and just an athletic standpoint, like I was probably at the lowest of lows for me of a guy coming out of high school, you know, have all these expectations and then you're not doing anything. And then I had to essentially take a true leap of faith to come here. And, you know, for me, I I just had to keep leaning back into God. And that was the thing, like, Hey, you're as low as you can get right now. Um, But you still have God in your life. You still have people in your family to support you. So Mm -hmm. that was the reminder of, I always need to turn back to the Lord when things do get hard. But at the same time too, when I did start to have success and things did start to go better that I still have to turn to him as well. So Mm -hmm. I got to learn both ends of of the spectrums. You know, I was humbled on both ends of them. I was humbled when it was successful and I was humbled when things weren't going well. And I just was reminded that you constantly need to have, you know, that presence in your life because you can't just come back to him every time things are going bad. And Mm -hmm. so that, you know, that was a really important lesson for me to learn. And it was important too, that you have to surround yourself with the right kinds of people because I wasn't great at going to church in college. I didn't really become affiliated with this church until last year. And it was guys like Chase, guys like Sam Harms. Like there are people that brought me to this church and got me to get reconnected back to God. And and that's from someone who I went to church camp. I grew up doing all of that, but my walk of faith was very different once I was on my own. And I had to kind of refine my connection to God and reestablish that relationship. And that was a big reminder that, hey, you can't do this alone. You've got to be with them no matter what's going on in your life. And mm. it's really important mm-hmm. for that to be, you know, the number one thing in your life. Yeah. Kyle, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the pause button there for a second. I want to, I want to <clears throat> dive even a little deeper into that. So we're going to go a little out of order today because mm-hmm. our, the bell you hear in the two minute drill and the clock that you see on the screen, if you're watching on video, it's a guide. <laughs> it's not a, <laughs> it's not a hard and fast rule. Um, this isn't, uh, you know, uh, pardon the interruption on ESPN. So, so we're going we're gonna <laughs> to pause there for a moment. And I want to 
I want to take, because here's what I know. I know that the tens of thousands of people who tune into this podcast, that somebody in that group of people is hurting hard right now. Mm-hmm. And others are hurting in sort of, sort of more subtle ways, or they feel like they're wandering in a wilderness, or they can't quite put their finger on what's going on. And Kyle, some of the stuff that you just talked about, I think is worth noting. How important it is to make a distinction, and I want to be really careful about this, because I don't want to be judgmental about people who are at church, but maybe aren't all the way in there. But at the same time, I want to challenge those folks too, Mm. because it's easy to get into the routine of going through the motions of church. Even during a pandemic, you'd be like, yeah, I tuned in online, or I I watched the 90 Seconds of Hope video, or I, Mm -hmm. you know, listened to podcast, um, or I read my Bible verse for today on my app, or I I did whatever. So I'm I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm doing the drill. I'm um, I'm practicing the disciplines, or, or or maybe not. It's just I'm a member of a church, and you know my family goes, or I grew up in a church, or whatever the story is. That's that's better than zero. I mean, that's better than nothing because at least you're a step towards something. But Jesus, there's this verse that just jumps off the page at me, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And then Kyle, when you said what you said, it made me think about it some more. Jesus quotes the Old Testament when he says, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Mm. So you can go through the motions of singing the songs, even praying the prayers, doing the religious things, um, and having the religious background, having the church background. But what you're missing is the best part, potentially. You're missing the the relationship. You're missing the the part that changes everything. It's the difference between churchianity and Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. Churchianity is, yeah, I, I'm in a church and that's it. Now, if it's a faithful and a good church, hopefully that church is always challenging you to get to Christ and not make church the end goal. That church is the means to the end, and it's a really good means to an end when we do it right and we don't get in the way. But Christ is the th- Christ is the one who saves. Christ is the one who lifts us up when we're going through challenging times. Christ is the one who's there for us to support us when we're broken. Christ is the one who reminds us there's hope in the midst of a pandemic. Christ is the one that's going to get us through. It's the reason we call ourselves hope. Our hope Mm -hmm. isn't in us. Our hope is in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to gently, lovingly challenge everybody who's tuning in to take that step from just honoring Jesus with lips and give him your heart and, and take that next step because that makes all the difference. And that <laughs> I can't say that loudly enough or directly enough. In all my years as a pastor, in all my, my own life, in my own experience, I've seen the, that, that dividing point, that distinction. If I'm just going through the motions, I'm not going to get anything out of it. But if I open my heart to it, if I pour into it, then church becomes what it's supposed to become, the conduit that connects us to Christ instead of um, the end goal. So uh, I decided, I thought we maybe needed a little sermon. I don't know why. I just Thanks That's for good. inspiring me to preach, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you brought up a point that people need to hear about. So thank you for doing that. And you're living proof of that. So am I. I think you are too, Emily. I think Danny, I know you are too. I know your story. Um, Chase, let's hear from you on on this question. Mm-hmm. So, Emily, why don't we ask it one more time? Yeah, where do you turn for support in challenging times? Uh, in these in times that maybe things aren't going as good as you had planned, I always just turn back to just the roots and the basics and the stuff that like really matters. Like, how are you going to be remembered mm-hmm. by your relationships with other people and how you view yourself at these times. And just like Kyle, 
you know, I, with my background with the church, I grew up in it. And at times I knew I needed that relationship to grow more. And I'm so blessed and thankful to have some great relationships in my life that have brought me closer to the church, such as my girlfriend, Emma, who works for Hope, and guys like Kyle and some of my other really good friends. And uh, we talked a little bit about this in the uh, sermon on Sunday, but, you know, it can be intimidating because you can feel sort of like a fraud whenever you're trying to buy into that. And the same thing happens on the football field at times. Maybe you're like, man, I don't belong out here. Maybe you feel like you don't belong in the church. Like you see how much other people around you are investing in this stuff. And you're like, man, I don't know if, I don't know if I have that much investment. I don't know. That's scary to me. And just being able to surrender that and learn from like little impromptu messages, like the one that you had and just focus on the thing that matters is your relationship with Jesus that is really what helps center me and let me take on the next day. Man, you guys, you guys got preacher in so there. Good. Bo- bo- both of you. I'm just saying the football thing's working out really well and, <laughs> and pursue that for everything the Lord leads you to pursue it with. But man, that's, mm-hmm. that's just so well articulated. And I just got to say this. Yeah. I mean, Emma's in both of our views right now. Yes. Your girlfriend Emma's right here in the room because she's the support for this whole podcast. So thank you, Emma. I'd yes. have you come on video, but I wouldn't do that without warning you ahead of time. So uh, Chase, that's, yes, Emma's awesome. Emma's I totally great. agree. Uh, yes, we are is. blessed to have her on our team here at Hope. How so. fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, okay. Our next question is, how did you get connected to Hope Ames or Kairos? Whoever wants to go first. Let's go with Chase first this time, because I think Chase had something to do with Kyle getting there. Sure. Yeah. Um, So meeting Emma and some of uh, my other good friends here, like Kyle said, Sam Harms, whenever I know I wanted to get more involved in the church community, and we have some great resources on the football team as well, and some other guys that are really involved in the church. And I tried a few different things in Ames, but I ended up going to Kairos for the first time when they're at their location in North Ames. And then we, once they moved over to the Lincoln West Ames, I also, I'm like right by their facility here. So it's always super easy and I get to just go in and there's a lot of football players that go to that. So we can always, we're just like a head taller than everyone. We can see (laughs) over the the rest of the congregation and kind of see each other there. So uh, I just say the people that I surround myself with really are what took me to Kairos and, Hope and I thank them for it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chase. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, so like Chase said, really this time last year in January uh, was the first time I got brought to Kairos. Um, I didn't know Danny at all. I just moved in with all these guys. Um, and then I kind of fell in love with it from there. But for me, the hardest thing was, you know, I never had a church that I was really, that was my church family. Like I, like I said, I grew up around it. But even my parents were in Missouri. They went to a church that they were close with, but every time they would send me sermons and things, you know, just watching the church, like I just never felt truly connected with it. And I struggled in my time in college with my walk uh, of faith. And, you know, I felt so distant from the Lord that the hardest thing was, man, how am I going to get accepted back in the church? Like what, you know, like I, I just didn't feel like I belong. So it was great to go to that, you know, go to that first sermon and, feel like I could surrender myself to the Lord. Cause from there, like I've developed a relationship with Danny, like I'm helping out with the church. Now I, I feel like I'm truly a part of the family and, you know, kind of like you encourage people 
to take initiative to get other people involved. Like all it took was one, you know, one or two friends of mine to, you know, completely change my life and give me, you know, a, a new family that you know I'm confident mm-hmm. I'll have, you know, for a long time. Yeah, that's the way that Jesus built his church and it's still the best way. You mm-hmm. just simple invitation, come and see. Um, somebody invited you, Kyle. Um, Chase was involved in that. Somebody invited you, Chase. Emma, who's sitting right here, is involved in that. Uh, somebody invited you, Danny. I yeah. was involved in that. Um, your mother, especially, was involved in that. Um, Danny, I want to hear from your perspective as the pastor at Hope Ames. And Kairos mm-hmm. is the name of our college outreach ministry at Iowa State. Uh, and we've started one now in Iowa City uh, at University of Iowa. Uh, and we're looking, we're doing that at Drake University too, at our new um, church building there that our Des Moines campus moved to as it merged with Elam Christian Fellowship. Hope Elam is there. That's really exciting. It's exciting to see what God's doing with this ministry because, man, it started out pretty humble and um, it was just a dream. It was just a vision, but I'm, man, I'm living proof that God can do some pretty cool things through people who are ordinary and willing um, and just just want to see what God could do uh, in those moments. So, Danny, tell us more about Kairos, and specifically tell us about what these guys bring to that ministry. Yeah, Kairos has been such a blessing, um, you know, uh, for our church, for this community, plugging students into a place where they can, uh, f- I mean, truly, freely experience uh, the love of Jesus. And I'm so grateful that I get to see that. Um, there's just this passion that the students have of inviting their friends um, and I don't think that they're inviting their friends to a place because, you know, it's, it's, it's the coolest bar in town with the best drinks, right? No, it, it's, it's the place where people really can be themselves. You do you have know? free they cereal once in a while, though. You do have free cereal once in a while, right, though, or donuts? Or, You're right. You know, Pre, pre-pandemic, we crushed it with the food. Yeah. Once this pandemic's <laughs> over, we're going to be back in full force. I mean, you know, toaster pastries, donuts, mm-hmm. ice cream, you know, we we got a lot saved up now because of that. Right. You know, there's even, well, there's so. even a, a bootleg video of you rapping about cereal as it relates to Kairos mm-hmm. that's out there somewhere mm-hmm. that people can kind of dig around for mm-hmm. on YouTube that I think it'd be worth the dig. Um, <laughs> yes. it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's really something. It's really something. Yeah, that's a good way <laughs> good. to put it. It Anyways, still exists. Yeah, it, it still exists. It does. So yeah. I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry, son. But, you know, no, it, that's what we do at the good. kitchen table growing up. So <laughs> keep it going. What else there's, do you want to add to that? There's a passion to invite people, and it's because they they feel welcome there. You know, there's this name that's been brought up a few times in this interview. It's Sam Harms, and and I want to give Sam some credit because uh, I know Sam, um, and Sam started coming to Kairos pretty much from the beginning when when it was this little group. Um, you know, Sam was coming with with Emma, you know, and, and those guys, and um, and Sam was a tight end on the football team, and Sam was the starting tight end back when Iowa State was not winning a whole lot of games. Then comes in Chase Allen, you know, this dude who, <laughs> I mean, recruit. Sam's a big dude. Yep. But but when Chase walks into a room, everybody, you know, has to do this because he's, he's such a big guy. You know, and so, of course, Chase is now going to be the guy. You know, Chase is, is on the field. And then the, now Iowa State's got arguably the top tight end room in the entire country. And yep. so Sam has moved to the back of the line, right? Rather than getting jealous of people um, and holding resentment, Chase moves in with Sam, you know, and they become friends and, and, and they develop this really wonderful friendship. Um, and instead of like holding resentment or jealousy, they grow in their faith together. I mean, how cool is that? You know? So Kairos is a place where people come together, they grow in community, 
and they seek out what's most important together. And that's a relationship with Christ. Um, and they find that God's been seeking them out too, which is pretty cool. So I'm just so grateful for students, um, you know, like Sam, you know, and students like Emma who just continue to invite people. And then Chase was inviting people and Kyle's inviting people, you know, and, and they're just doing this. And, and truth be told, like, yeah, they have a huge presence every room that they walk into, you know, um, Chase and Kyle are, they're, they're just big guys, right? So you notice them. But one thing, one thing that I think is so cool is you ask them about themselves and they start talking about somebody else. And I just think that's mm-hmm. so neat. We were filming that interview that we did for the sermon. And uh, one of our, our underclassmen, Cairo students, was helping us film. And he's, he's a few years younger than these guys. So he watched both Kyle and Chase on the field. And afterward, he finally just goes, all right, I got a fanboy. Can I get a phone? Can I get a picture with you guys? You're like my favorite Cyclones, you know? And like, and and it was funny. Your guys' reaction wasn't like, well, of course he wants to get a picture. It was a, oh, you want to get a picture with it? Yeah, sure. Cool. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It was just humble and down to earth. And so Kairos is a place where whether you're considered at the top of the social, you know, uh, the, the social totem pole, or if nobody knows your name, you know, if you've been pushed to the back, like all, you know, all are equal at the foot of the cross. You know, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Um, and, uh, and these guys just embrace that. And so, you know, they don't, they don't walk in, you know, feeling like celebrities. They walk in, um, you know, knowing that they're seeking the same things that other people are seeking and they've mm-hmm. embraced that. And so I'm just, I'm just so grateful to know these guys, not just because I'm a Cyclones fan, but because I'm a really big fan of humble people um, who are hungry for the heart of Jesus. And uh, that's what they do. Yeah. That humility makes a huge difference in our walk with God too. And that kind of leads us to the next question, um, our last one here in this drill, and then we're going to do a quick deeper dive and, and wrap it up. But um, Danny, before we do, tell us, uh, Kairos Meets When, how can people find it if, if they are students at Iowa State or Iowa City or at University of Iowa, Drake, wherever they might be, how, how do people find Kairos? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's easy. Here are names. Kairos is Ames City Auditorium, Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Uh, this is now our fourth location, I think that we've met in because it keeps on growing, which so you is gotta be, exciting. you gotta be smart to go to Kairos and Ames because you gotta figure <laughs> out where it is first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but Ames city auditorium, eight o'clock Wednesday nights. It's so fun. We've also got a group in Iowa city that meets Wednesday nights at eight o'clock. Uh, they live stream our service in Ames. That's totally mm-hmm. student led, which is amazing. All volunteers, students just started, yeah, yeah. yeah, they just started doing it on their own. So that's pretty cool. Um, so shout out to those students. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are amazing. Also, uh, Hope Elam has started a campus for Kairos uh, that's, uh, you know, focused on on ministering to college students in Des Moines. There's a there's a lot of college students in Des Moines between Drake and Grandview and, and other campuses Good that point. are in Des Moines. Yeah. Um, and so they're ministering to them. They meet Wednesday nights at seven o'clock in uh, in their uh, building at 2500 University. So if you're a Drake student, it's just right across the street. I mean, if you're a Grandview student, it's it's uh, less than a 10 minute drive to get there. So. Uh, I cannot encourage this enough. It's 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 an amazing thing to be a part of. That's great. So back to what you were saying about humility as we transition into this last question. Um, humility leads us to realize our need for Christ and his church. And Emily, that leads to this final question. Yeah, final question. Why would a D1 athlete take time to get involved in a church? Or even with Christ, too, I could mm-hmm, add to that, too. Sure. Kyle, why don't you go first this time? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing, honestly, is because we're just like everybody else. Like, mm-hmm. I know that Division One athletes in general get kind of put on this, you know, social pedestal. But at the same time, too, we've got to deal with a lot of different things that are probably unique to us, but also very similar to everyone else. Mm-hmm. We deal with success. We deal with failures. You know, 
we got to get up and go about our day the same way people do. And, you know, we're doing different things, but at the end of the day, we have to come back to the same foundation that everyone else does. And that's, that's what Jesus, that's what the Lord, you know, that's, that's where I'd say it's why we do it. Like we're Mm -hmm. out there, you know, playing a game in front of thousands of people and, you know, that can be fun. It can be stressful. It can be a lot of different things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like with Danny's preaching on mental health this week, like there's different things that athletes need to rely on the Lord for. And that's why I think it's comforting to know that, you know, no matter the kind of person you are, what you do for a living or, you know, how you may be perceived to be, you can all come back and have the same foundation of, you know, your walk with Christ. Awesome. How about Mm -hmm. you, Chase? I just think that you can't be a million percent on one thing and sustain that. Like you need balance in your life and you need that going forward. Uh, Once you get to school, just knowing that you can take the load off your shoulders and really spread that out. And even from what we did on Sunday, I've had more people come up to me and mention the hope service we did on Sunday than have come up to me for a very long time and said anything about me being a football player. So mm-hmm. just that interaction, I, I really enjoy it. And it made me very thankful that you guys gave Kyle and I the opportunity to come on a show like this. It's, it, it's really, I, I want to throw the thanks back to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when Danny and I ended up on the schedule together to preach here at Hope, um, I was excited about that just for the father-son aspect of it. It's not very often that a pastor gets to preach with his son, mm-hmm. you know, in the same sermon. So that was that was really fun for me to think about. And then early in the week, Danny tells me he's got this idea. He's like, hey, you know, what if we did this? What if I invited some of the guys who are who are heavily involved, you know, up here in, in Ames, in our ministries, to to share some of their story? He says, I think it'll fit the theme. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, if you can get people, I mean, I know it was a month ago you guys were in Arizona went in the Fiesta Bowl, which is crazy, you know, it's because I think people hear that from the outside in and you're like, all right, well, your life's perfect, right? If, if, you're, if you're winning championships, if you're winning big, huge bowl games, if you're top of the world, your futures are bright. I could see that for both of you. I mean, who knows what, what's, what it's going to be in five years or 10 years for both of you guys, but um, man, sky's the limit. Uh, for both of you in the football world, and you could just you could just end it right there. And I know a lot of people do that when their careers go well, or when when life is working in in some way. Like you said, Chase, it's so well said. You you can't just do a thousand percent one thing all the time. There has to be some balance. There has to be there has to be something that provides that foundation um, for the high highs, the low lows, the medium mediums too. Let's talk about that mm. for a second. You know, there's, there's just the routine stuff. There's the ordinary stuff. So are you doing that alone or is Christ in that with you? And mm-hmm. what a difference that makes. If you do everything you do, you know, the Bible says this too. It says, always work as if you're working for the Lord, even if you have a cruddy boss, right? So I'm talking to you, Emily, even if you have a, cru- <laughs> <laughs> or Emma, right? If, even, even if your boss is less than perfect, um, know that you're working for a perfect boss and that's Mm. Jesus Christ. And so you do the work that you do, not just for the company that you work for uh, or the organization or the team that you're on or whatever it is, because as human beings, the closer you look at things that are even really good, the more you'll be able to see flaws. And when you see those flaws, you start to say, oh, well, I'm just, this stinks. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. 
And the Bible reminds us, when you work, you work for the Lord. When you live, you live for the Lord. Whether we live or die, we do it for the Lord. Everything we do becomes this God-conscious act, and it starts to awaken us to a whole different kind of existence. And then we can start to hit our stride. And man, there's joy that so many people are missing. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many people who, who the world looks at as top of the world, but look closer at their stories. Tom Brady's a great example, and I don't mean to, to pick on the guy at all. I, I think he's on his way. I mean, I, I'm praying for that. Mm -hmm. I, I, if, if he gave his life to Christ, my gosh, what that would do, mm -hmm. you know, for him and for the world around him. I think he's close because he was interviewed not that long ago. And this was after his fifth ring, right? Super Bowl ring, mm -hmm. his championship. And he goes, yeah, but it's, it's not it, man. There's got to be, I don't know what it is, he said, but there's got to be something else. So here's a guy who's won all these Super Bowls, which so much of our world, sports-obsessed world even, yeah, I'm into it, but sports-obsessed world looks at it and says, if I could just win a Super Bowl, you know, if I could just make this level, if I could just get to that point, mm -hmm. do not misunderstand me. Nothing wrong with those goals. I think that's great. Put, put that on the list for sure. Make it a high goal, whatever. But there's got to be one higher. You know, there, there's mm -hmm. got to be one that's bigger. There's got to be something that, that grounds us and also motivates us and drives us, and that's got to be having this God-conscious life, this, this awareness that Christ and his Spirit is with us and, and is in the, the big things, the little things, the details, the ordinary things. Then the ordinary stuff, man, there's so much more joy in it. Because mm -hmm. you, you look, and just because people are successful, think about famous celebrities, you know, Hollywood types. Gosh, they're just there's so many times you just realize, you're, oh, you're so close and you're just missing yeah. the joy. You're missing the peace. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're, you're missing the best part of life, even though the world would say you've got the best part of life. You've got a great blessing there with whatever you've got, your fame, your celebrity, your, your pursuit, your success. God's not against any of that. And mm -hmm. so it's not a matter of you know, either or. Well, I either need to try to be successful or I need to follow Christ. Well, maybe Christ wants you to be successful so your mm -hmm. his light can shine brighter through you. You know, mm -hmm. there, there's there's it's way deeper than that. Yeah. And so this gets us into our deeper dive, which is to say, um, I, I, I want to frame this question this way, and maybe this is a little strange, but that's how I roll. <laughs> so Chase and Kyle and Danny, I want to hear from you on this too, and then Emily and I'll wrap it up. Um, if you were, you know, just so your experience is different than most people. You, you both have been on the field and been successful for a D1 football program in front of thousands of people with, with millions watching and all, all that kind of stuff, Fiesta Bowl champions. Um, what would you say to a third grader yeah. who's watching this and says, man, I want to be you. You know, that, that's my thing. And I think, yeah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what, what would you say to that person about, Here's, here's what I'd encourage you to do, uh, both in terms of sports and in life. Um, mm -hmm. So what would you say to that, Chase? Where would you start with that third grade kid? I'd say that, uh, I'd say, first of all, nothing's impossible. And whatever you decide that thing you want to do is, you got to just work really hard and consistently try it. But this, like, it isn't the end all be all being in the shoes that Kyle and I were in and for a lot of people just like physically like geometrically it, it doesn't work out like that you have to be <laughs> kind of blessed with a lot of things that are out of your control in order to end up in the position that we're in so if you're trying to put all your eggs in that basket of something that you weren't meant to do 
you're just going to end up kind of being a little heartbroken. So mm -hmm. I'd just say to them, like, find your version of that and excel at it as much as you can and give back to all the people that you can and help them reach their goals too. Yeah, that's so well said. I mean, it helps to be six seven and really athletic, and that's something you're blessed with. Or Kyle, in your case, to be able to throw a, a bullet, you know, and and with a football and hit targets. And you know, I I played quarterback in high school. This is a little oh. known fact. Um, I I played quarterback because we were a running team, and the coach needed somebody who knew how to call plays in the huddle. Mm -hmm. And could hand the ball off really well. We had a really good running back. So I would just give him the ball and get out of the way and talk about how I was a high school quarterback. I think, <laughs> honestly, this is really embarrassing. I think I threw 17 passes the mm. whole season. Yeah, that was that was it. And most of them were not successful. But Kyle, tell us, tell us how would you address a third grade uh, who's listening uh, and wants to learn about you know, goals and where they should go from here. Yeah, I think to piggyback off what Chase said, like find what you're passionate about. And really that just means try everything. Like I think that's the one thing I encourage. And I see that with young athletes, especially they want to do one thing and just play at one sport. And, you know, that's something that I don't typically agree with, um, but mm -hmm. try everything. It's just in sports. I mean, it's not just in sports, but try sports, arts, you know, school, find different things that you're passionate about. And then from there, how can you help other people? How can you give back to your community? Surround yourself with the right kind of people. Like the thing that, you know, if I was to go back and tell myself as a kid, it would just to be, go have fun, make friends and figure out for yourself, you know, where is like, where, where are the good people at? How can I surround myself with them? What's, you know, a foundation look like for me. And, and those are things, those are the things that I think you can start to introduce, you know, the church into someone's life. It's not just your parents are taking you, but you're involving your friends and family and the people that you care about in your life. And if you find something you're passionate about, then the hard work and loving it and becoming good at it will become naturally, um, you know, so that's what I would say. Man, this is, this is like wise. one of my favorite podcast episodes ever. Yeah. Just, just the content. I mean, the, the stuff we're getting to, Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Chase. Danny, um, we're running out of time, so let me give you 30 seconds. And you're a preacher, so you'll take a minute. But um, do what would you say to that third grader from your perspective? Yeah, to the third grader who's going to grow up to be six foot one and 165 pounds. Uh, so in other words, not physically gifted to be a Division One football player. Um, I just want you to know that uh, you don't have to earn the love that God has for you. You're starting from a place of love. And so let that inspire you nice. um, to chase the dreams that God's put in your life and be open to whatever dreams those might be. You know, uh, God could really surprise you with something that, that you're going to fall in love with over your life. Hmm. Nice. These are all mic drop moments. Yeah. So we're already covering that too as yeah. we wrap things up. Emily, yeah. you lead the largest youth mm -hmm. and family ministry for third graders of any Lutheran church in the country. <laughs> So you know third graders, yeah. and you're around them a lot. And you've got three kids who will be third graders mm -hmm. within three to seven years, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What would you say to that third grade student that, that you try to say on a regular basis through the ministry you lead here at Hope? Yep. I think it to sum up what all three of these guys have said is I love saying try different things. I think God's gifted each of us in different and unique ways, and so it's important just uh, to keep trying things. And I really believe in working hard. And yes, you uh, do. <laughs> yeah, I think 
that you can work hard at dreams and see where God has uh, gifted you and maybe be surprised by that, but also to focus on other things to realize that you have to be a well-rounded person. And so uh, not setting yourself up for one dream, but looking at what God has around you, that you have people to inspire uh, to come to church and do big things, and you're leaving a legacy in that way as well. Yeah. The only thing I'd add to all these good words that we're hearing from from you, Emily, and from Chase and Kyle and Danny is to let your light shine and yeah. and to to find that way that God wants to mm-hmm. uh, bring his light to you. And then you reflect that light to the world around you. Mm-hmm. But to let your light shine, not for your glory. And when we start letting our light shine for the glory of God instead of the glory of us, mm-hmm. whatever it is you do, whatever it is, is the passion in your life, whatever it is that you pursue, the, the hobbies, the careers, the goals, mm-hmm. let your light shine for the glory of God. And my gosh, that's going to align some things. That's going to that's going to start to move you in a way it's like, okay, I am doing this for God. I am doing this. This is for third graders. This is for 12th graders. This is for 82-year-olds. This is for all ages. This is God's wisdom for us, mm-hmm. that he created us to live for him. And when we don't, we trip. And when we do, even when life is rough, mm-hmm. we st- one of the greatest surprises of following Jesus, you can still have joy even when stuff Stinks. Yeah, yeah. My life is not immune from things that stink. I've grieved, mm-hmm. I've suffered, I've mm-hmm. struggled, I've had challenges and issues because I live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. To quote REM, everybody hurts sometimes, <laughs> right? We're, we're all going to have a moment. Um, and so when that happens, to still be able to experience this untouchable joy that the Bible talks about, uh, Jesus says, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the, are the meek. Blessed are those who um, are persecuted. That doesn't sound like a blessed list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he says, you can be blessed because you have me. Mm-hmm. So even when life turns and circumstances turn and pandemics hit and challenges hit and you worry about the future or the present or you're trying to work through the past, when God's in it, we find that joy. We find that peace. Yeah. So yeah. thanks, guys. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Really enjoyed this conversation. Appreciate your time. I know you guys have full, full plates. Yeah. So for you to carve out time to be a part of the sermon uh, recently and to be a part of this podcast today, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, if, if, I, I just really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Emily, thank you, too. Thanks to all of you for tuning in, as always. Um, stay tuned. We've got a lot more great episodes coming up, and I'm so excited about uh, being able to share the good news of God's love with you uh, through these conversations. So we'll see you later. Thanks. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Okay.